Hey everyone, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today it is the 5th of December, 2022. And on today's show, a look back at the weekend that was, was this the best possible scenario for the Big 12 with Kansas State winning the Big 12 title in an amazing game and TCU going to the college football playoff? Also on the show today, Cincinnati has made a very uh, strange, exciting hire. We'll get into that. Also, Neil Brown gets one more year. We have not touched on that yet. And a look at the Big 12 bowl matchups. There's a whole lot to get to on today's Locked On Big 12. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12. Uh, make sure you guys subscribe to the channel. We're on the way to 3K subscribers. Help us get there by the end of December, start of 2023. So please subscribe to Locked On Big 12 today. Leave a comment, like the video, all that kind of stuff. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at LOBig12, and you guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. We are brought to you all by LinkedIn. Make sure you guys, if you're hiring right now, use LinkedIn. More on them a bit later. Uh, There is so much to get to on today's show and we'll give Kansas state really like a lot of their flowers, especially tomorrow. We're going to talk more about them today, but um, more to flowers tomorrow. Robbie, Robbie Triano, our resident K state guy will be coming on tomorrow to help us do that. So that's coming up uh, tomorrow on the show, but thinking about the weekend that was and about just the entire landscape of college football this weekend, you know, what was Saturday for the Big 12? Kansas State wins a Big 12 championship. And then on Sunday, TCU gets into the college football playoff. And um, just thinking about all of it, you know, I tweeted this out yesterday. Saturday belonged to K-State. Sunday belonged, uh, you know, to TCU. And then uh, just kind of the entire weekend as a whole kind of belonging to the Big 12. And I think a couple of things are evident here. Number one is that, Despite the fact that TCU lost, they still got the respect of the committee. They still, you know, even with USC losing and Ohio State not playing and everything that happened, you know, Alabama not playing, Tennessee, whatever, TCU remained at number three. To be honest, it's actually funny because no matter, you know, no matter the TCU result this weekend, they would have still remained at number three. Nothing would have changed that. Um, you know, I, I think obviously they lost by more, but I'm more saying, hey, if they won the close game as opposed to losing the close game, Nothing really would have changed, but I, I think from a respect standpoint, you know, you watch the Big 12 championship. And I was watching some of my buddies like to rib me and saying, well, neither of these teams are very good, but, you know, uh, and, and that's not true. But if you look at like the totality of what happened, just the, uh, you know, one way traffic that kind of happened once Caleb Williams was injured on, in the Friday night game and then the SEC championship game, not particularly close at all. Purdue hung around for a bit, but Michigan was never really in danger. Blow them out. Cade Klubnick goes in for Clemson. They end up blowing out. Um, you know, it's a blowout in that game as well in the AC, uh, the ACC championship game. And look, college game day picked TCU and K-State, the only top 10 matchup, because there's a pretty good anticipation that it would be a great game. And in that great game, we saw Kansas State, you know, with that dramatic fourth down stop, a goal line stop in overtime. We saw the comeback first from TCU. We saw K-State, which feels like a very deserving Big 12 championship, get win number 10 on the year. 
we saw, you know, a, a kind of Heisman making performance from Max Duggan, even in the loss, right? I mean, I felt like coming away from that game, if they had won, it's a really interesting debate about him in Caleb Williams. I'd still give the nod to Caleb Williams, but with how amazing Max Duggan was, and I mean, especially on the ground there in those last couple drives, with how unbelievable he was, it really felt like this was, uh, you know, this was a situation where like he was gaining more and more respect, you know, people watching this guy just kind of slug it out and, and trying to do the best he could. I mean, 18 for 36 or 251 and a touchdown in the air. Yeah, sure. It's not, you know, that not that great. Um, the interception was bad, but 15 carries, 110 yards, a touchdown, kind of just trying to will his team to victory. Like I know the overall numbers in terms of scores don't bear it out, but if you watch the actual game itself, an unbelievable performance. And I kind of, I think solidified his spot in New York. And, you know, it's, it's really funny that um, we've had so many talks about this league and it's, you know, this league in relation to all the other leagues, to the SEC, to the big 10, to really to the PAC 12 and the ACC, you know, the PAC 12 specifically has been the comparison and for it, you know, not just to deliver kind of on a different scale than those games delivered, but the fact that a a team that wasn't the playoff contender won the championship and because of everything that's happening, like the team that lost didn't get dinged and lost their opportunity shows you that as much as we thought that uh, and people were saying this, that TCU was being viewed as Cincinnati, that was not true. Cincinnati's margin for error in the AAC was incredibly low. Uh, I mean, it was it was actually zero, right? And especially that, that some of that's you know by how the, the other teams around them played, but their margin for error in that league was essentially zero. For the Big Twelve, because TCU had played so well, and because of everything happening around them, there was that margin for error, right? Now the problem was, you know, this was a BCS, there'd be no margin for error, right? I mean, even if they won the game, they pro- they wouldn't be in the national championship. This was still a BCS. The TCU would, would be number three. Uh, and they'd be on the outside looking in after the Michigan result. But for them to lose the game, to still get the respect, for Kansas State to still have everybody's respect and think, wow, that'd be a you know really exciting, fun playoff team. They'd probably be the first team, if it was 12-team playoff team, if, and that's what I'm saying, if it's a 12-team playoff, they'd be that first team without a bye probably, but they'd be hosting whoever the 12 seed is, which is, you know, it'd be Electric Factory there in Manhattan for that one game. Um you know, to just to have that respect of the committee and and you know the respect of ABC and ESPN, the TV partners, you know, outside of uh, Paul Feinbaum having him near the apology. I mean, it was a really good weekend just because the game delivered, the players delivered. Um, you know, we're getting a playoff team that's not the conference champion, and we're also going to have a Heisman finalist who made an amazing case for himself, who gave one of the performances of the year. I'm not saying Kill Williams did. A lot of people said, oh, you know, people kind of dog Kill Williams for crying or whatever, um, you know, at, during the USC. And I mean, you could see how much it meant to him and, and you know, a lot of pain that he was in too. But you could see the agony for Max physically and emotionally in that game. Um, and it was an unbelievable experience to watch that. I mean, it, you know, I, I think we struggle with sometimes using the words heroic, right? You know, uh, you know what it actually is heroic, right? Um, and this is just a sport, but like that is that guy put it all out there, man, blood, sweat, and tears. He was bleeding from, it looked like his knee and his elbow, obviously gutting it out, sweating and it collapsed on the field and the two point conversion to be picked up. And then the tears after the game, you know, just how much it meant to him 
to try and win that conference championship. And guys, it turns out it was a game they did not need to get into the college football playoff, but they wanted it so badly. He wanted it so badly. And for Kansas State to get that opportunity to win, to see, you know, I know it was tough for Max, but to see, you know, Felix and DK Uzama with Max's towel after the game, you know, I, you kind of feel bad for Max, but in that moment you're thinking, man, like, they got him. They, they, you know, they got Max, they, they, got Kansas, uh, they got TCU, and like, what a moment for this K-State program who they took the lumps during the season, particularly in that TCU game. They got the last laugh. They, they end up getting the last laugh when it comes to when it's all said and done in conference play and TCU gets the opportunity to play on, but K-State will get that, that big 12 championship. And I think that means a whole lot to them, right? Obviously a a playoff appearance is huge, but K-State got that big 12 championship. You could see how much it meant. I just think in the totality of it all, the league had an excellent weekend. Great players were on display on both sides of the ball. Great performances, dramatic game, I haven't seen the television ratings yet, but I'm sure it's going to be a big audience and you still get a team in the college football playoff. And I noted this yesterday in our reaction shows that we did about the final four, but TCU, you know, being surrounded by, I have to look here at the the final college football playoff rankings, but the number one team in the country, SEC, number two team in the country, big 10, number three, big 12, number four, big 10, number five, Uh, SEC. Number six, Tennessee. You have to go all the way to seven before you get another conference in there. So there's two uh, SEC teams or three SEC teams, two Big Ten teams, and there's a Big 12 team, right? Just kind of goes to show you that, you know, there is a gap growing, right? There is that sense that the the big boys, SEC and Big 12, or Big Ten rather, are taking over, but still TCU has a spot in there. And look, TCU is the underdog, sure. But TCU was not Cincinnati. They did not have to be perfect. And that's because the league had a lot of respect this year. People respected the Big 12 for the performances across the weekend or across the season, rather, about how good this league was top to bottom. And also the good thing was the results. We did not need Oklahoma or Texas, right? We did not need one of the schools that were outgoing to give this thing any legitimacy at all. I think that was huge. Um All right, quick word from our sponsors, and we'll get to the big news about the hiring of one Scott Satterfield at Cincinnati. But first, quick word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you all by LinkedIn. Now, every single hire for your small business can be like a high-stakes gamble. Take that out of it, guys. You don't have to gamble if you go to LinkedIn. Bet online's for gambling. LinkedIn is not. Uh, You guys can be 100% certain that you have the access to the best qualified candidates available when you guys go to LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, so we got the news, guys, uh, this morning, really, and this is kind of a, a weird piece of news, that Scott Satterfield is going to leave uh, Louisville, and he is going to go to Cincinnati and obviously Cincinnati not in the big 12 yet, but the first game that Scott Satterfield is going to coach as the Cincinnati head coach is going to be, you know, when they're a member of the big 12 conference, ironically enough, these two teams are going to play in the Fenway bowl um, coming up here shortly. So it's funny that these two schools are actually going to get together for that. Um, 
you know, and, and they're going to, they're going to play in this game, which will be like, it's really interesting kind of rivalry in the local schools, right? Cincinnati and Louisville is not, they're not too far away from each other. So this is obviously a, a really interesting development for both of these schools, but you know, it was Scott Satterfield at Louisville was uh, tenuous at best, right? It was kind of up and down. It felt like he was in the hot seat. And so, you know, it, uh, this season and look, they ended up going, you know, this year, seven and five, a chance to go eight and four, but he went eight and five, four and seven, six and seven, seven and five, 25 and 24 overall there at Louisville. And so it was kind of, you know, it's, it was kind of coming to a head, I guess you could say, but for him to leave an ACC job to go to a school that is joining the big 12, you know, I'm not sure it's, I mean, it does speak to the fact that the, that Cincinnati is becoming a big 12 school. That is true. That is very interesting. It is a hundred percent true that it's, it, it is a, you know, it speaks to where that job is and where it's ascending to and where it is going. Right. So that there is that. Um, it, I think it speaks to that situation that was happening at Louisville. Right. Uh, and I think it speaks to a guy that's just kind of looking for that reset for that fresh start um, for a place that's got good infrastructure, but is trying to make a name for itself in a new league. And so Satterfield now is going to get that opportunity and he becomes a very interesting coach in a league that's full of really good coaches. Right. I think there's some coaches that I would consider, you know, it's a good, it's funny debate, like which coaches in the big 12 are great. I would say right now, the, the thing that we know is there's a lot of really good coaches in the big 12. And I think he is a very good coach. Um, but I think for him, fresh start made sense. I think this is out of nowhere. I don't think people saw this coming, but I think a fresh start for him makes sense. I think Louisville getting a fresh start will make some sense too. But the fact that he is going to a team that they're going to be playing here pretty soon in a bowl game, just weird and different. We'll have Alex Frank on of Locked On Bearcats. He and I will break down this higher more in what it means for Cincinnati moving forward because I thought they were going to go with an internal option. They decided not to go that direction. Um, so there's one piece of news. One thing we also didn't get to last week is that uh, Neil Brown's going to get one more year at West Virginia, right? This was something that we had discussed a whole lot. And, um, you know, once we knew that Shane Lyons was out, it felt like this was trending towards a spot where, um, you know, we were going to probably have the firing of the coach as well. Right. Uh, that was, that was the direction that this was going to head. And I think after, you know, after seeing Shane Lyons go, after seeing the season that West Virginia had, the kind of logical conclusion was going to be that they would go in a different direction. Well, we got some news kind of earlier in the week, right? That Neil Brown was going to be retained as the head coach. And this comes after, you know, they made another hire. Ren Baker is brought in from North Texas. They bring in Ren Baker and they decide that Ren Baker's evaluation of Neil Brown is going to take place over the course of the next year. Now, what Neil Brown needs to do to, to save his job is interesting because I think there's a probably a good chance that Ren Baker's got some ideas you know, maybe about uh, what kind of coach they want. It's not maybe somebody in mind, but he's got some ideas of the kind of coach that he wants. But at this moment, they're going to take what I think is, I think it's more of a risk to keep Neil Brown than to go and get somebody else. And here is why. I think it's more of a risk because this is something we talked about. While the Big 12 is changing right now, um, you know, this is kind of a time that if you need somebody else, go and get them now. So you are ready for the transition that inevitably happens 
in this league. And instead, they're going to roll with the guy they have with mixed results that have not yielded a team that's got an identity, a program that has an identity, and they're going to roll with that guy, give him one more year, one more opportunity, let him keep the recruiting class decent together, and see where it goes. But I didn't think this would be a good season for West Virginia. It was not a good season for West Virginia. I don't think Neil Brown, West Virginia, has been the fit that we all thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a good fit. It has not been a good fit. I think he's a good coach. But they're going to give this thing one more run. And whether it's a money issue, whether it is actually when they want to see what happens here, it's a gamble because next year and everybody else comes in, if you are still lagging behind, well, now you have to catch all of those schools too, right? If UCF and Cincinnati, Houston and BYU, like three to four of those schools look better than you and you're not making any progress, you are down the pecking order in the Big 12. I know there's a lot of volatility and turnover, but still optics do matter in that first year. And I think West Virginia, for where they are right now, they could fall even further into obscurity. We mentioned all these programs like TCU, Iowa State, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, who have gone up and down, made the runs, the Big 12 championship. Some of them have won the Big 12 championship, them being Baylor and Kansas State, excuse me, last couple of years. And we've talked about them making those runs. And, you know, uh, West Virginia has not been one of those teams that's been able to make that run all the way to the top. And they're trying to get to that place and they aren't right now. So that's why I think it's further a risk to be doing this, but we'll see what happens. We'll have more on this obviously as the off season goes along. One more word from the sponsors and we'll hit on some bowl games. Today's show is brought to you all by the folks at bet online and betonline.net. It is time for the college ball playoff. It is time for the bowl season, but also NFL, NBA, World Cup, all happening simultaneously right now. And you guys can get in on the action today at betonline and betonline.net. News, scores, odds, esports, they got it all over at BetOnline. Sign up today. It's free to do and get in on the action today. Once again, betonline and betonline.net. All right, so we have the bowl schedule for the Big 12 this year. Everybody's bowl schedule is out. Um, but we have the bowl schedule. We know what it's going to be. We'll roll through these, and I'll break down this stuff even further. We want to get these out there now because we know it's out there. Once again, eight Big 12 teams are going bowling this year. It starts Thursday, December 22nd when Baylor plays Air Force in the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. Ironically, Baylor is going to have to go play in MG Carter Stadium. That is funny. Uh, They'll have to play there, you know, uh, now three years in a row, right? Last year, this year, the following year, they'll have to do it all three years. That's an interesting game. We'll see what Baylor kind of does, you know, against what's more explosive of an offense in terms of service academies and Air Force. A disappointing season for Baylor. We'll see if they can cap it off with a win. Wisconsin and Oklahoma State at Chase Field on Tuesday, December 27th. Uh, Who's going to be playing for Oklahoma State is a big question. Who's going to be playing for Wisconsin, but it's Luke Fickle's you know, first game kind of there in charge. I'm sure Jim Leonard will do the coaching there, but obviously interesting story there in the guaranteed rate bowl on Wednesday, December 28th, 5:30, Kansas in our Kansas, Arkansas will play in the Liberty bowl. Uh, this one's interesting because it came with the news that Missouri did not want to play the Kansas Jayhawks. And look, as a Missouri graduate, uh, I was not happy with this. I do think Missouri has some reasons. I don't think they're good enough reasons. I think it has to do with recruiting and where the program is and some, some portal stuff and uh, not wanting to lose both Kansas and K-State in the same season and how motivated KU will be and how some guys might not be there for Missouri and whatnot. So 
I think there was a whole lot there, and they just they're like, you know what? We prefer not to play KU this year. Plus, they're going to win the rivalry pretty soon. I think it's a bad excuse, though. I think it's a bad look. KU excited, though, to play another rival or another team, I guess, in the same area, Arkansas, which I think is very interesting um, a matchup. Nine o'clock on that same day, it's Texas Tech and Ole Miss in the Tex- Act Texas Bowl, SEC versus Big 12. Disappointing season for Ole Miss ends in the Texas Bowl. Uh, exciting season for Texas Tech ends in the Texas Bowl. Thursday, the 29th of December, 5.30 on ESPN. It's Oklahoma against 9-3 Florida State in the Cheez-It Bowl at Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. This one's interesting. Um, OU just in a bad spot. FSU had a really nice year being a top 15 team. So kind of two weird spots. And, you know, I think you expect FSU to be favored in this game, but still could be compelling with some of the playmakers that Oklahoma has. Nine o'clock on ESPN, number 20, Texas, and number 12, Washington in the Alamo Bowl. We knew Texas would go into the Alamo Bowl. I think it's an exciting game against a 10-2 and Washington team. This is usually an exciting team. We know Michael Penix is coming back, so he'll probably play in the game. No word yet on Bijan Robinson. So there's a whole lot to kind of digest when it comes to that bowl game uh, between Texas and Washington. Alabama will play Kansas State at noon Eastern on ESPN on December 31st in the uh, Sugar Bowl, All-State Sugar Bowl uh, on ESPN in uh, the Superdome. And Saturday, December 31st, uh, as I mentioned there, it's also the same day that TCU plays Michigan 4 o'clock Eastern time in the semifinal, the Verbo Fiesta Bowl. So there you go. There's your Big 12 Bowl lineup. We'll have more on this later on. All right, uh, that will do it for the show today. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LOBig12. Find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Comment, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. Uh, appreciate you guys as always. Till next time, my friends, stay safe.